This is All Things ANSYS, a podcast from the technical support staff at PDT. Episode 53, a roundup on what happened in 2019 and our predictions for 2020 and beyond, along with news and such from the ANSYS world. Welcome to our podcast, our last one for this year and for this decade. It's been a busy year here at PADT and for the ANSYS world, and we're going to talk about that with the members of our support team today, hear everyone's predictions for the future, then take a look at the news and uh, what, what's going to happen uh, before we prep for the holiday break. Podcast-wise, uh, this is, as stated, episode number 53. So we've had 15,976 downloads. Um, it's late at night on December 19th as I record this, so that's how many we had. Uh, that's 307 on an average per episode. So do let your friends and coworkers know about the podcast, um, and we do ask that you subscribe as well, so you make sure you know we have new episodes. I will also apologize. I am recording this uh, at night here in my home, and there may be dogs barking or family members moving around in the background, TV, etc., but uh, hopefully it won't be too distracting. Let's go ahead and get on to the interview. Uh, we talked with Ted, Sina, Ahmed, and Tom about 2019, some predictions for 2020 and beyond. Okay, everybody, welcome to our end of year recording and discussion for the All Things ANSYS podcast. I'm joined by members of our tech support and engineering team here at PADT to talk about what we thought was cool in 2019 and what we expect um, our predictions, which we're not very good at. We've, we've shown now for two years on what will happen in 2020. So um, I'll go ahead and introduce yourselves. We'll go ahead and start with Ahmed. Hey, uh, my name is Ahmed Fayad. Uh, I'm an IT support engineer for engineering. I get double engineering in my title. He's double engineering title. He's the guy that talks to your IT guy when your IT guy doesn't understand what you're trying to tell him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when, <laughs> exactly. Translator. When, yeah, when the engineers want the software running immediately, and the <laughs> IT guys are like, "This is what it does. What? what? Who? Where? So." You want me to open what port? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cena, go ahead. Hi, I'm Sina Goats. Uh, I'm a senior CFD application engineer here at PDT, and uh, I'm with PDT for uh, two years now. Ted? My name is Ted Harris. I manage our simulation support group here at PADT. Been with PADT for 20 years or so, and uh, been an ANSYS user longer than that. Yeah. And Tom? My name is Tom Chadwick. I'm a senior CFD support engineer for PADT. I've been working here for about five and a half years now. And uh, I've been using ANSYS and CFD products for a little over 30 years. And we were hoping to have one of our three high-frequency electromagnetics type people on, but I think they're all either snowed in or on vacation. So um, <laughs> they weren't able to join us for the or podcast. Or just busy. Or busy. Or very busy. Yeah, I think that's true. I think each of those is busy. I think uh, Alec is snowed in in Denver and uh, and uh, Michael's busy and uh, Seema is, is on vacation. So anyway, uh, I'm Eric Miller and let's go ahead and get started. Who wants to say first what their favorite thing was for 2019? I can start with uh, some fluids. 
yeah, favorite things. Uh, well, on the fluent side, uh, as uh, Ansys claimed this beginning of this year, the focus was on the user uh, experience and uh, usability. So for that, they, they introduced uh, some uh, uh, meshing uh, workflows that uh, enables some uh, users that necessarily without necessarily having a, a decent background in fluent meshing to, to get decent results. Uh, and uh, it's something that uh, I, I see people using it get uh, give very positive feedback on it. So uh, that's one of my favorite things. Uh, really uh, minimum minim, minimizes the, the disruption uh, or bombarding the user with many options. It just uh, basically exposes the user to so uh, little or few uh, options that are the best for, for the task at hand uh, and uh, enables users to get the results very fast, the decent results again, with not necessarily having a decent experience. So uh, it's something that uh, Ansys started uh, toward the end of the uh, 2018 and then uh, heavily focused on it during this year. Now they have two uh, meshing workflows, one for watertight geometry, one for uh, their DD, they call it uh, fault tolerant geometries uh, or meshing workflow, uh, which again is, is getting more and more popular. And uh, they also, to, to add to the usability and, and uh, uh, user friendly and user experience, they, they work on the speed and uh, the user interface uh, basically. Uh, it looks uh, uh, more like fresh and and, uh, and modern now. So even the look of the fluent has changed. And uh, in the technical side, are some uh, favorite things that I really uh, was was waiting for some of them for a long time. Uh, there's a, a very uh, I would say uh, again user friendly uh, turbulent turbulent model turbulence model that. Uh, uh, enables the users to play with some knobs and to to basically tune the, the model for their specific task. So uh, turbulence is kind of a field that uh, in CFD that users sometimes uh, uh, kind of get lost because there are too many options. Uh, with this new uh, uh, model uh, and, and they, they they implemented into code. Now uh, it's just like a general model that there you have some knobs to to turn and, and tune and and uh, get the, the the best model uh, for your application. So that's a big thing. Uh, besides other physics like acoustics, erosion, erosion models, those things also get uh, has got some some uh, developments and improvements. But I would say user experience was a big thing. Uh, plus uh, some uh, core uh, physics and like like turbulence. Uh, was was a big thing uh, last year. Cool. And, and we, fluent. we had three releases, right, in 2019. Yes, yes. Which is going to be two next year. Good, um, good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> there's a, yeah. there's a lot. There's yeah, a lot to cover. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I think all the Ansys products are going to get uh, just two two uh, updates or release uh, releases uh, next year. Uh, same for Fluent and CFX. Good. Good. Um, those are all really yeah, a lot of usability, a lot of new capability. It's very, very cool. I'm very excited. Ted, do you do you have anything you want to say about uh, like mechanical or any other products? And I, I did mute everybody, so unmute yourselves before you talk. 
Ted. Can Ted unmute himself? Okay. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Yeah. Okay. So there are quite a few uh, 2019 new things to choose from between acquisitions and new features. Um, But, you know, thinking about it a little bit, the one I'm going to go with is the uh, new updated user interface in Ansys Mechanical. So that's the ribbon toolbar, as we like to call it. So that came out in version 2019 R2. And uh, it's not a total revampment of the user interface. The The prior one had really been around for 10 years, actually a little more than 10 years. And, you know, I think that's just a testament to how good it is. I mean, right. I think when it first came out, there was a little bit of a learning curve. But once we got up that learning curve, uh, it became a very efficient workflow and still is a very efficient workflow. And so the, the enhancement made at 2019 is to just give it a little more modern um, look and feel as well as to organize things a little more um, streamlined as, as far as the workflow goes and, and make it a little more user-friendly in that, you know, if there's something that you just can't find, uh, now there's the the quick access uh, search type field up at the top. You can just type in what you're looking for and it'll automatically take you there. So um, between having things organized, uh, more uh, user-friendly, in, in a more user-friendly manner, and maybe in a little more logical manner and being able to easily find things rather than having to hunt and peck and look through the help to find something. Um, I think that's a really, a really beneficial enhancement that was made to mechanical in uh, year 2019 and version 2019 R2. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, what, so Ahmed, you're, you, you, uh, you're looking at things from, like, as we mentioned, when we started from a slightly different perspective, what, what was your favorite, uh, enhancement that you saw coming through this year? Um, my favorite enhancement, uh, it's kind of spread out really. Uh, it, it, it's kind of building for a trend and it falls over into the predictions. Uh, I, I've seen some motion towards, simplifying distribution simplifying running on clusters uh mm-hmm. simplifying the 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 cloud uh interface and simplifying the elastic licensing and making it all make sense uh so mm-hmm. it doesn't take a phd in in it to you know get to use and uh apply all of these different tools yeah it it, it, it that's a really good point i think making the move to support HPC rather than leaving it up to the user has been a positive thing. They have a ways to go, but uh, it's been a positive thing for sure. Um, would you say that installs getting easier over time? That, that's that's an, that's another uh, that's another thing. Install has been getting easier. It's it's more streamlined. Um, very rarely do you have the strange errors at the end of the installation that you know that are hard to explain. Uh, so <laughs> all in all, our, our main task when it comes to getting users up and running from the, from the installation perspective is run the, the installer, make sure that your firewall ports are open and that's it. Uh, th- there isn't much more involved beyond that unless it's a really specific case. Mm-hmm. So they've done a good job at upgrading the installers to make sure that they, you know, encompass everything. Uh, the other big thing is uh, Ansys has been on a buying spree, getting a lot of products yes. rolled <laughs> under the umbrella, and 
initially it was, oh, you install this and then you get this piece and then you run this and then you edit this log file and you edit this uh, environment variable and very, very quickly the developers were able to roll that in under the Mm -hmm. installer. So none of that magic uh, is required. Yeah, it's funny you should mention that because when I talk to um, people about more business side of things, about how Ansys is doing from an acquisition standpoint, one of the things I always point out is that when they acquire a company, they, they do a much better job than their competitors. And and this is a good example in that yeah, it takes a little bit of time, but eventually they get everything under the same hood. Um, and it, it makes a big difference. <laughs> what, uh, Tom, what about you? Um, Cena kind of covered a lot of the stuff, but, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'll just kind of reiterate the, um, the, uh, fluent mosaic meshing. Uh, oh yeah. I've had a lot of, I've had a lot of success with that meshing very large, uh, models, uh, things that with the old workbench mesher sometimes would take, you know, five or six hours to mesh and a hundred million cells. Now you can do it with the uh, fluent mesher in a matter of a couple hours and get the same quality mesh. Um, and that mesh is transportable to the uh, CFX solver as well. As long as you mesh in the type of type of cells that uh, CFX can handle, you can easily transport the mesh from Fluent uh, to CFX. And the other thing about the the mesher that I really like is that um, you can easily export uh, once you get all the mesh settings the way you want. You can easily export that as a template file. Mm-hmm. That is its own uh, ASCII, you know, visible text that you can modify the settings of, and then open up Fluent, read in a new geometry file with uh, similar uh, boundaries, mm-hmm. and just apply that template, and it will automatically create the mesh nice. for you. So it's a it's a very streamlined, quick way to generate consistent meshes with uh, consistent settings for multiple problems of the same type mm-hmm. and limits the limits the chance for a user to to apply different settings for different meshes and then wonder why their solution doesn't why the solutions aren't agreeing with each other. <laughs> you forgot so, one boundary layer is setting and now it's different. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. Cool. That and the and the other thing that they've done uh, that they've gotten really good now is the uh, uh, CFX uh, turbo machinery uh, special applications. They've yes. gotten a lot of good stuff with harmonic analysis of blade flutter and. Uh, special turbo machinery applications to do um, transient analysis of blade motion and solving in turbo machinery applications. Mm -hmm. And they're working to port that and they've already, they've laid out a roadmap for how they're going to port that technology over to Fluent as well. 
So eventually both codes will have a lot of capability. And let me stop you right there. And to all of our listeners who just had a heart attack, remember what Tom just said. Both codes will have that same capability. Yes. If you've That's, built processes around CFX, do exactly. not panic. <laughs> they have no intention. They have repeatedly stated that, yes. that they're, they are not getting rid of the CFX solver. It's similar to the mechanical side where yes. you still have mechanical APDL yeah. is still a viable tool that you can use even 10 years after the workbench mechanical was implemented, there is still the ability to run the old yep. type models in APDL. I was actually in there yesterday for some strange reason using an APDL. It's sort of shocking. I remember some of those commands. Uh, that, that's really cool. The, the uh, you know, I think it was Ted or Ahmed or Ted brought up the acquisitions. And so I'm, I'm looking at the ANSYS News Center where they list all their press releases. So um, in uh, January, they bought Electronics and Crosstalk Solutions Leader, Helix, uh, uh, was added to the ANSYS family. And then um, Granta was added to the ANSYS family. And then um, what else? Uh, DFR Solutions, which is electronic automation design analysis, was added. And uh, of course, my favorite one, and what I'm going to highlight is the most important thing of the year, was the acquisition of LS Dyna. Uh, which is really powerful. And what's not on this list, um, which is worth mentioning, is also um, a partnership with a company that's got a really good rigid body kind of kinematics dynamics tool. Um, do you guys, any of you guys remember the name of that product uh, out of Korea? It's dropping my brain right now. Um, no, we'll, we'll no. look it up. Uh, but anyway, so so now built into to Ansys is the ability to do the rigid body stuff, and then also uh, MotorCAD, which is a another program instead of acquiring it, they partnered with that allows us to do simulation, kind of upfront design simulation of electric motors and similar hardware. So there's been a lot of added capability from outside the Ansys family. Of those acquisitions, which is your guys' favorite? Acquisitions or partnerships? Well, actually, there's one you haven't mentioned um, is uh, one I saw a demo of just recently. It's called Rocky DEM. And oh, they didn't acquire is, them though. That's just no, a, that's an acquire. It's not yeah. an acquirement, but it's yeah. some that they partnered really cool with. Program. Yeah, really cool. and it's an amazing program yeah. that allows you to model mixing of solids mm -hmm. um, of any arbitrary shape. You want anything from spheres to cubes to. Uh, I, I want to do saw, coffee beans. Yeah, <laughs> they had a they had a model of uh, uh, a conveying system of gummy bears. Nice. So they had a little tiny model of a gummy of a bunch of gummy bears rolling down a conveyor belt and how they would bounce off of each other and move around and and yep. it's a yep. pretty impressive tool. And it's uh, for those who don't know it, it's actually recently been uh, acquired or merged into uh, EFSS, which is the channel partner down in South America, yep. uh, which is a fantastic company to do work with. Well, I'll mention um, two of them, but um, I guess the first one I'll mention is the the one you talked about, a DFR, and the the product there is Sherlock, which is an amazing tool for 
uh, printed circuit board reliability simulation. So it's it's fast. It talks the PCB language. It reads the layouts. The you know it understands the vias and you know all that stuff. It it reads the ECAD formats. It has part libraries and materials built in. It's easy to add in ones that aren't, and it uh, connects downstream with Ansys Mechanical. So it's really uh, quick and amazing. The uh, other one I'll mention is uh, Granta, which gives us access to not just a materials database, but a system for determining what material to use. So for example, if you have a a long time material supplier that uh, needs to be replaced for one reason or another, and you need to look at alternatives to that material. Uh, the ANSYS selector product has the capability built in to not just look at properties of different materials, but also to assess costs and things like that. It's really you know a different type of simulation tool than than we're used to from you know long time ANSYS users. So um, LS Dyna is my favorite thing that uh, that because I've I've been using it since it was Dyna 3D, so I've kind of got a romantic attachment to it. But if I really step back and look at what's going to have the biggest impact on users, I think that um, you've named the two that uh, especially Granta is going to have a wide range across all the physics. And then for people, if you've ever modeled a printed circuit board. You know, halfway through your process, you're like, "There's got to be a way to make a vertical application to do this," and it, it looks like they've done it <laughs> with with Sherlock. So uh, I'm excited about getting that into our workflow here. Um, how about uh, Cena or Ahmed? Are there any comments about any of the acquisitions? Yeah. So Sherlock was a an exact example of uh, rolling a product into the uh, Ansys umbrella really, really quick. Um, when it was first in, when it was first acquired, we had uh, a customer that was looking into adopting it, and we had uh, some demos set up, and it was a nightmare to get everything working. Mm -hmm. But two weeks later, uh, we had a training, mm -hmm. and I was like, "Oh, it's going to be oh, we're, I'm installing on ten laptops. It's going to take a week, and this and that." And then they're like, "No, you just run the installer, and it works." <laughs> and for me, that was a huge relief, and I was really impressed with how quickly it was uh, rolled under the umbrella. That's great. And I just want to add, Eric, to the uh, Alice Dine acquisition you mentioned. As at the CFD uh, that guy, I, at some point in my career, I actually ended up using uh, Alice Dyna for uh, acoustic simulations. And yeah. uh, it's really it has some unique capabilities in that area of uh, explicit uh, impact and and uh, acoustics. It's it's really a powerful tool. So I'm really happy that Ansys has acquired them and it's it's part of the Ansys now. Yeah, I think we we think of LS Dyna as mostly doing you know bending metal at high speeds, uh, but it's uh, it does a lot more. It has the ability to do uh, some fluids to do acoustics, to do all sorts of crazy things. Uh, it's a powerful tool. It cl closes a lot of doors. Um, so so I think that's – does anybody else want to add anything about 2019 uh, uh, before we move on to 2020 predictions? All right. Who wants to predict to make the first prediction for 2020 or beyond? You can go. You can go out there if you want. 
Well, I don't know if I would call it a prediction. I guess my hope is that they'll continue to uh, work on improving the capability for uh, cluster computing. Mm-hmm. Um, they've made some improvements to the to the interface and the setup capability and the ease of setup of it, but it's still a uh, somewhat of a difficult process to mm-hmm. to configure, and especially with security concerns and things like that. And there have been some rumors flying around that they're working on a on a new tool. And hopefully that will come to fruition this year and we'll have a tool that is much easier to set up that doesn't require, as, as uh, Ahmed said, a PhD in information technology, <laughs> technology. in order to set up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I know that's an area that they're they're working heavily on. And it's not an easy problem because no, it's not. Every, every, every customer is different, right? Getting it work on, working there at Ansys or even at one customer doesn't mean it's going to work everywhere. So um, I'm right. glad they're, it, they're focused on it. Yeah. yeah. Anybody else got a prediction? Yeah, so adding to the fluids, I mean, I might I might be cheating here because uh, I've already been uh, informed about some of the plans that developers have. Uh, so, uh, just to reflect some of them, uh, there's going to be uh, much more improvements in terms of the meshing. Uh, there are going to be more uh, workflows added, and also uh, like a poly remeshing is something that is missing right now for applications like uh, like sand accretion. Uh, it's on their uh, uh, roadmap for next year, uh, the poly mesh uh, remeshing, basically. And also uh, uh, more uh, turbulence uh, capabilities, as, as I mentioned. So overall, as I said, uh, Fluent is going to get uh, the majority of, of the physics uh, updates and improvements uh, next year. And the CFX would still uh, get the, the turbo machinery application uh, 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 developments um, like uh, previous years. Good, 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 good. Ted, what do you what do you think is going to happen? Well, I think we're going to see more capabilities and enhancements in the the additive workflow, and from that, I mean, from topology optimization into. Uh, simulations for 3D printing, the 3D printing build process, and just uh, additional capabilities for uh, the types of loads that you can apply, the types of manufacturing constraints that you can apply. And, you know, I'm I'm just, I I don't have insider information here. I'm just speculating on the path that has been uh, followed so far. Right. And, you know, just more, more of a complete workflow, filling in the gaps, um, allowing for uh, different types of uh, issues that um, people designing for 3D printing may may need. You know, more types of constraints for uh, the type of part you want. You know, symmetry and things like that. And we may see additional capabilities for the types of uh, 3D printing that's being done. Um, I'm not really sure about that, but, mm-hmm. um, and then, uh, you know, there's really two tools for topology optimization in the ANSYS tool set. We have ANSYS Mechanical, uh, which is the, the flagship solver for structural. And then there's also Discovery Live, which has topology right. optimization. That's more of the designer level tool. However, uh, that 
topology optimization went from beta to production in 2019, and it is incredibly fast. Right. And it's still kind of limited in what it can do as far as loads and manufacturing constraints. So I would expect there'll be some some nice enhancements there as well. That's gonna that's gonna be useful as well. That's that's really good. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Actually, Ahmed, do you have anything you want to add? I think I think you hinted that you had a prediction based upon what happened in 2019 as well. So. A, a couple of uh, predictions and maybe hopes. Uh, mm-hmm. my, my one one of the predictions that I think is inevitable is Ansys will roll up all of their HPC interfaces into a giant package where you f- click a few check boxes and you run the installer and you immediately have an HPC environment set up. Um, that's that's my hope. But on, on a bigger picture, I think that all of this boom in simulation work and in design work and engineering work and all these startups popping everywhere are going to really have an impact on the technology that's out there, literally rolling on the streets with Nikola and Rivian and all these uh, great new companies coming up, you know, mm-hmm. reaching maturity, as well as smaller things that, you know, IoT, uh, the, the big wave is coming on and we're going into maturity. So things are... Uh, are going to be interesting how our lives are going to change and we're going to move into the Jetsons hopefully. <laughs> I want my flying car. It's just just that's all I care about. It's like I got to have my flying car before I die. I want to push so. a button for breakfast. <laughs> yeah, that's right too. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can do that. It's just that it rings and then someone brings it to you, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the uh I I think uh, you know, you kind of touched on it, and, I, and my prediction is that a lot of these mega trends that we've been seeing are, you know, have been going through the hype curve, and then some of them went away. Like IoT was a huge deal for a while, and then it kind of went away, and and I think we're going to start seeing it come back um, in real, right? Instead of the hype, this is the real deal here, and so um, I my my big prediction is is movement of ANSYS more into the automotive space um, from a feature capability standpoint, you know, not just a marketing standpoint, but uh, really addressing, it's, it's never been a strong um, area for certainly for ANSYS mechanical, maybe for fluent a little bit more. Um, but, but uh, other tools have been kind of dominant in the aerosp- in the uh, automotive space. And I think with electrification, these companies are starting to use ANSYS and seeing the power of it and going, well, we can use it for structural and we can use it for CFD and we can use it for acoustics and we can use it for these other things. So um, there may be some capabilities that we need to add. So I'm, I'm kind of predicting to see more more focus on uh, what's missing the, the 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 holes or the the empty spaces um, in our portfolio that the large automotive companies need as they they start taking a look at at Ansys, especially on the on the structural side. Um, then I'll, I'll make a I'll make a long term prediction before I ask for your guys, if you have any other things you want to talk about. Um, I think that ANSYS is going to get to, you know, $2 billion in revenue in the next uh, two to five years at some point. And at that point, I, I think that there's going to be some sort of a, a merger with a, a another large simulation company, which is MathWorks. Um, they're they're about a little bit less than a billion dollars in revenue, according to their private companies. So it's hard to tell, but uh, they're about the same size, the two companies. And uh, I would love to see kind of like 
I always wanted to see LS Dyna and ANSYS get together, or LSTC and ANSYS get together. I'd love to see MathWorks and ANSYS get together. Um, and that, that adds a lot of system-level uh, simulation uh, capability that is really being uh, pushed uh, by a lot of our customers. Anybody else have any predictions they want to share before we wrap it up? Well, I guess, you know, a couple of years ago, we had the crazy uh, thing about uh, simulations being run by rovers on Mars. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's happened yet, but, you know, I think we're getting closer and closer to simulations happening real time, uh, Internet of Things kind of uh coming more to the forefront as far as what can be done and what is going to be done. So I, I can certainly see, you know, spacecraft uh, that are autonomous running some kind of finite element or mm-hmm. related simulations on what's going on locally at the time. Good point. Yeah. I was yeah. like, go, go ahead, ahead. Tom. Uh, I was going to say that one of the things that I can see coming along is the as computing power shrinks down and visualization remote visualization is increasing and is the capability for people to be able to to monitor solutions and run solutions from almost anywhere Good point. Uh, i've seen people doing stuff i mean we had somebody demoing uh, over a year ago here uh running on a remote cluster and bringing up on their iphone uh, a visualization of the solution as it was progressing and monitoring the solution and manipulating the image on an iphone that was actually occurring remotely on a on a server in another building Mm -hmm. and as internet speeds and wi-fi speeds go up and they develop remote visualization that would be an interesting acquisition for ansys to do would be Mm -hmm. a remote visualization company there are a couple of them that they're working Mm -hmm. with but they're not uh they're separate entities right now. Right. It'd be interesting to see them do something like that. But I can definitely see that being the direction that things are going, as Ted said, of solutions running on Mars and people being able to view results and things like that and have the results of that simulation affect mm-hmm. the actions of what's going on in that remote location. Got a digital twin out on the edge to throw right. two buzzwords together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ahmed? Yeah. So I, I would like to go a little upstream from all of the production and usability stuff. And I, I mean, I feel with the age of my kids, I, I feel like STEM is reaching a point where I think design, actual engineering work, and simplified simulation work needs to roll into teaching kids, you know, before high school, what is product design? What is, you know, simulation? And how do you start looking at things before you build them? Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that would be a pretty cool application to kind of get the kids' minds wrapped around mm-hmm. it instead of, you know, having to wait to college to start seeing that. Something like Discovery Live wrapped into a tool that's oriented towards younger kids. Yeah. yeah. Discovery Live, Minecraft kind yeah. of 
Exactly. <laughs> Merging of Minecraft and Discovery Live. That'd be really cool. Well, as long as I can do it in my flying car, I'm happy. Okay. So <laughs> that's that's my goal. Um, all right. Well, guys, thank you very much. I think uh, I think the future is bright. There's there's a lot going on, and uh, I know the one thing that we can guarantee. Our predictions may not be accurate. The one thing we can guarantee is there will be lots of new capability and features coming, and um, new capabilities joining the Ansys family through acquisition as well. So both organic and acquired growth are about the only things we can count on. <laughs> so thank I want to I want to also before we wrap it up thank the tech support team which we which we have you know um, four members our five members on the four members on this call for really having uh, they had a tough year they had a they had a lot of new customers and a lot of tech support uh, calls and a lot of new users and a lot of new products. And I know it was a challenging year. So I want to thank them for being on the other end of the phone and the other end of the email for our customers. Um, I, I'm going to put Ted on the spot and ask him if off the top of his head, if he knows how many tech support calls we've done so far this year, the answer may be he doesn't know quite yet. Uh, the last I checked, we were on pace for about 1500 for the year. I mean, that, that's not, not just calls. That's all. Yeah. All cases. Cases. So 1,500 cases in the year. So, you know, uh, do, do uh, uh, um, give some thanks uh, in the new year for, for tech support people everywhere in the world, not just our team. But uh, it's uh, pretty amazing what you guys put up with. 1,500 calls in 12 months uh, is pretty that's a lot. <laughs> so congratulations on that. And thank, thanks for taking part in the uh, discussion. Thank you. We'll talk yep. to you guys later. Talk next time. Bye. You would think after 53 episodes, we would be better at managing our headphones. Uh, if portions seemed a bit choppy or out of place, it was because we were muting ourselves when other people were talking and then then forgetting to unmute as we uh, said very intelligent things that weren't recorded. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and call that authentic handcrafted podcasting uh, and, and then move on. Uh, we do hope you enjoyed the discussion. It was fun. We always do like doing a summary and talking about the future and uh, hope you guys had a, a chance to think and reflect back on the past year and all the great things that have happened and what's coming down the road. As we've done for our last couple of episodes, we don't really have a commercial. We're working on uh, some other options still. Uh, just a reminder to please consider PDT as your ANSYS partner if you're in the southwestern U.S., including all of California. Also, please think of us as a provider for your 3D printing services, scanning, product design, and of course, simulation training, customization, and consulting services across all the physics that ANSYS and LS Dyna support. Let's talk about the news. ANSYS stock, uh, like I said, it's the evening of December 19th, and it sits at a whopping $255.75 a share. It peaked at an all-time high forever in the ANSYS world history of $259 per share on Monday, December 16th. So that's a pretty big number, $250, almost $260 a share. Uh, it's impressive. It's a 85.03% increase uh, year-to-date. And uh, the S&P 500 has only gone up 30.36%. So that's a much better performance um, than the S&P 500. So the stock is doing very well. Um, and we'll share you know, the, the summary for the year in the next podcast, uh, where, it ended, where it ended up and all that stuff. And then as a final note on the stock, uh, well, actually not. we got one more thing to talk about. But before that, the market cap sits at a 
huge $21.89 billion. That's the outstanding value in shares of the ANSYS company, ANSYS Inc. ANSYS News, the most important news is stock-related. ANSYS is joining something called the NASDAQ 100 Index. And I have to be honest, I didn't know there was such a thing as a NASDAQ 100 Index. We've heard of the Dow Jones Industrial and some other indexes, the S&P 500, I talk about a lot. Well, the NASDAQ 100 is the 100 largest non-financial companies in the NASDAQ stock market. So they have one for all the banks and insurance companies, and then everybody else goes into this one. So what kind of companies are in that list? Let me read you the top 10. Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Facebook, two different um, Google Alphabet companies, Intel, Comcast, Cisco, PepsiCo, and rounded it out, out the top 10, Adobe. So it's not bad company for Ansys to be in. It's quite a milestone. Uh, it is financially based, so it means the stock value has gone up, as we've seen. And it's a it's one of the 100 most valuable companies on the NASDAQ that's not a financial company. So uh, congratulations, actually, to the whole team uh, at Ansys from... From the, you know the, the the new hire that's doing tech support at uh, ungodly hours to to the wonderful CEO Ajay who's who's done a fantastic job with the company and and kudos to everybody in between. Um, it takes a lot of uh, this kind of success and growth. It's really because it's a good product and it works and people like it and uh, it it saves money and and makes money for the customers. So um, and that doesn't happen without developers and marketing people and salespeople and you know administrative folks and IT people and executives and financials and lawyers and all these people working together around the world in the Ansys family to make it happen. So congratulations! Can't wait to see where the company ends up for the year. The only other news really out there we're sharing, other than a couple of we're working with this customer, working with that customer, is they did announce that they're going to have a big presence at CES 2020 this year. Um, they're going to be focusing on mobility, on on basically the electrification and automation. Is that a word? Making a cars autonomous um, at CES. They had a really good uh, event last year. They, they met with a lot of fantastic customers, and uh, they're going even bigger this year. So if you're at CES 2020 in Vegas, stop on by the ANSYS booth. There'll be a lot of great people there. Um, PNT News. Our big news was our NASA Phase Two STTR win. That's a $755,000 grant from NASA that we will share with our partners, Arizona State University and Kennesaw State University. The grant will fund research for combining cellular patterns inspired by nature with simulation and 3D printing to make stronger and lighter structures for space exploration. What does that really mean to those of you in the ANSYS world? Well, um, we're going to be looking at the uh, creating an optimization tool for lattice structures, uh, cellular structures. Um, there'll basically be a, a 2D cross-section that we extrude in the in the z-direction. Um, and uh, the, the shape, the topology will be the same across the part, but the wall thickness and the size of each cell will vary. So that's the point of our tool, is to, uh, first of all, allow that kind of geometric modification um, and then optimize it. 
so that you can get a varying density, you can get a varying stiffness, uh, you can get all sorts of cool properties. So we're going to get a lightweight structure that behaves just the way we want it. We'll be using uh, a lot of space claim, uh, customization of space claim, of course the ANSYS solver and the optimization tools uh, as well. So we're really excited about that. Um, it is a chance for us to combine our ANSYS expertise, our design knowledge, and our rather deep uh, um, penetration in the 3D printing space. So we'll be using uh, both polymer and metal printers to make samples to test this stuff out. And we'll be testing things as well. And that's one of the things we'll be doing with our uh, ASU and uh, Kennesaw State uh, partners is they'll be helping with the testing as well as some of the algorithm development and things like that. So uh, do stay tuned to the podcast as we over the next two years when we work on that project, we'll share what we can. Uh, it should be a really interesting and hopefully we'll end up with a tool that you guys can use um, uh, when we're all done to do this kind of optimization. That's That's the goal. Uh, what else we got? Uh, Ansys blog. Uh, we haven't really talked too much. Uh, there's a lot in there in the materials and electronics and uh, optical simulation space. So I would take a look. There's a lot. I picked three, but there's a bunch more uh, to take a look at. Some really good stuff. The first one that I think everyone should read is called Everything You Need to Know About Self-Driving Trucks. And uh, even if you're not modeling LiDAR systems, um, you should take a look at this because we're going to be out there on the road with these these trucks. And uh, it's good to know when they go by. That's kind of fun to, to understand what they're doing from a sensor standpoint. And you can bore your fellow passengers with your knowledge that you learn from this blog post about said technology. The next one I really liked is called Understanding Machine Learning for Material Science Technology. I'm, I'm always looking for practical applications for artificial intelligence machine learning. Um, this is a good article about using it to, um, to basically find the right materials for your parts. And the third one is, is also kind of material oriented. It's called Three Tips for Lightweighting Aircraft. And it talks about the different material changes you can make, uh, the manufacturing processes, and then keeping track of it all uh, with some sort of a data management system. So do check those three ANSYS blog articles out at the ANSYS website, as well as uh, the other stuff that's there. There's, there's a whole bunch of good stuff, but those are the three I picked. PADT-wise, we had one um, uh, blog post besides the announcement of the NASA STTR win, and it was from Pam Waterman, and she shared her list of books on additive manufacturing that she recommends. So these are not... Uh, not for the general public. They are technical, uh, basically textbooks and technical surveys. Um, and they're, they're books that are very useful. So there's books on metal, there's books on polymer, there's books on design for additive. Uh, they're, they're fairly comprehensive and a really great list. So do check that out on the PADT blog. It's a must resource if you're interested in the technical side of 3D printing. We got no upcoming events because it's December 19th and we're done for the year. Uh, PADT actually shuts down between uh, Christmas Eve, at noon on Christmas Eve through um, New Year's Day. So we'll be back on January 2nd. So we just got a few days left in the year that we'll be working. Our sales team, of course, will be up uh, closing deals as will our technical support team will be checking emails from home for any emergency tech support calls that come in over the break while our customers do do a little bit of work while we're on vacation. Um, 
that's pretty much it. It's the end of the year. I got nothing else to talk about. So I want to thank everybody uh, wherever you are in the world. Have a great holiday season. 2019 was really a great year at, here at PADT. It was special to us because it was our 25th anniversary, 25 years of being in business. So saying goodbye to 2019 is going to be kind of hard. We've enjoyed looking back and celebrating all the things that our wonderful employees have done over the years. But 2020 is going to be amazing. Uh, it's already shaping up to be really good. We we're looking at some of the projects we'll be doing in the new year, including the STTR and the uh, SBIR that we won uh, earlier in the year that's also simulation related. Um, there's all sorts of cool projects we can't tell you about that we're doing for customers with simulation. Um, it's and the, and the stuff that's coming down the pipe in the ANSYS world, which again, we can't share, um, is pretty exciting. So uh, I think it's going to be a great, great year. Uh, and we hope that you join us through through the year as we talk about all things ANSYS. Don't forget to subscribe to www.padtinc.com slash opt in. Spread the word out there about the podcast and don't hesitate to reach out. Thank you for joining us for the All Things ANSYS podcast, episode 53. As a reminder, this podcast is not affiliated in any way with ANSYS Inc., and the opinions expressed are those of the people on the show only and not of their current or former employers. For more information, visit www.padtinc.com blog, and please share your thoughts and questions through an email to podcast at padtinc.com. See you next time.